Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Another edition of Supercoach Edge, where we bring you all the insight, analysis, and the edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Liam. Now, Liam, what a week it's been! How are you faring with the carnage that we've seen across this week so far? Yeah, it's been been pretty crazy, hasn't it? With uh, injuries to to big big name Supercoach players, constantly changing fixtures. I think we still don't even know it's it's Tuesday, and we don't know what time and days certain teams will be playing and what stadiums. And of course. Uh, in recent years, players being ruled out due to being at exposure sites. Yeah, like well, Marshall was one who we'll yeah. talk about uh, throughout the episode. But like to think that he was—I think it was was a tier two when he was at the uh, rugby. Yeah, was he one of the one of the ones? And yeah. now it's come out today that he's tier one. He apparently went to a pub or something yeah. after the game or before the game, which is now classified as a tier one, and he's been ruled out for this weekend. So yeah, there's a whole host of uh, carnage just waiting for us. Yeah, exactly. Waiting for us like a like a beast in the shadows, um, or maybe it's the, the super coach gods that are smiting us down um, for taking the piss throughout the year. Yeah, who knows? But uh, as you'll notice as well, yes, the uh, the episode is titled. And here we go. Because <laughs> it's almost like you know the Joker behind it all, as he calls himself, is the uh, the agent of chaos. So, yeah, maybe it's a bit of that. But um, absolutely insane yeah. time of the season, which we'll be dedicating a fair chunk of this episode to. And Liam, yes. believe it or not, we've got uh, another surprise in store for our listeners as we'll be chatting to the latest number one ranked super coach coach to sit atop of the Iron Throne. Yep, we have a new wearer of the crown. And it is the super coach mama herself, Emma Chalice. Very excited to have a chat to the Supercoach mother and hear about how her season's been going this year. Yeah, she's uh, she's really catapulted herself into uh, contention. Yeah. Um, and, and I must say as well, it's, uh, it's sad to, to see that Clem, who was on uh, the episode last week who we had a chat to, who was formerly number one, has been dethroned. But um, yeah, it's it's good to see that uh, there's a couple a couple of nice people in the uh, in the community that are putting themselves in contention. But before we get into the episode, mm. where can our listeners find us across our social channels? Yes, on Twitter, you can find us at, at supercoach underscore edge. 
You'll find Damon at, at DamoJ88, myself at, at LiamEvans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Insta, if you search Supercoach Edge, you'll find us there. Absolutely. And uh, Liam, our first segment. Yes. It's always a treat, isn't it? It is, it is. Love it. And why is it a treat? It's probably a treat more so for you this week, isn't it? Every every second week, it's it, it's a good week. Yeah, <laughs> it seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yes, uh, the first segment. So it is where the loser of the week in our head-to-head gets to kick it off as we introduce the good, the bad, and the ugly. I was going to say, do you want to kick it off? But I'm kicking no, it off because no, I lost. Kick it off. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It is where every week we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams have performed and the players that stood out for both good and bad reasons. Yes. And yes, I have fallen on my own sword uh, this week because I was the lowest scorer <laughs> out of both of us. And you have, uh, speaking of uh, dethroning, as we said in the intro, you have dethroned. Oh, well, will no. You still you still yes, maintain yeah, the Iron maintain Throne. Yeah, maintain the Iron Throne. I was I was coming to dethrone you, but uh, no, unfortunately, I couldn't do that. It's nice. I ended up scoring two thousand three hundred forty-eight, which uh, I ended up thinking was uh, was below par. But to my surprise, I actually moved up thirty spots to now sit ranked four thousand and eighteenth overall. How does it happen? Nice. Yeah. It's nice because I'm like, okay, well, I knew that I lost to you, and I'm like, yeah. well, I must have had an absolute shit one, but. It shows that, uh, again, it was another week where a lot of people um, had a bit of issues. I think yeah. it was probably due partly to um, some late outs due to COVID. Yeah, to Green and, mm. and I guess was, some people had to cover for players like Whitfield as well. Yeah, those sort of guys. Madden, uh, Briggs didn't play, unfortunately. But yeah, there may have been some players. And I think, uh, speaking of Clem before, who was uh, who was number one last week overall, uh, I saw that he, he suffered from a couple. I think he had Whitfield. Um, yeah, and I Mills. think he may have actually, and Mills as well. So he, I think he actually did eat a donut off the back of that Mills uh, late out, which is unfortunate yeah. for him. But um, yeah, in terms of uh, my score, so um, just sort of the overall look of things. Yes, I did lose to you. And a, a big factor to that is uh, Grundy was my C um, yeah. and it was a massive, massive letdown, of course. And uh, yes, contributed to that loss. Uh, but I went into the week expecting just that as I didn't have enough dosh to make two upgrades like you did. Um, and I was very jealous of yourself going into it. Uh, it kind of lessened the blow, I think, uh, with the loss as it probably would have been a miraculous outcome if I did end up coming away with the yeah. win, given that you, uh, I had to roll with an extra rookie in the forward line. But um, what will be, will be. Moving on to those trades that I did make, and they were trading the injured Langford who, uh, as you know, is my favorite. So as I clicked on the trade button, I whispered, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Oh, poor Langers. <laughs> poor Langers. What Does his worst... hamstring trying to impress you, trying to just push out. He, get, he literally gets onto like 98 or something at half, at three-quarter time, gets subbed off, and that's not good enough for you. In the burn book, I think. Oh. Uh, you know, you, you, you make trades... Like we had those gut feelings and I had a gut feeling that it wasn't going to work out, but I knew there was a lot of people that were jumping on him and it was too good to be true. And as it turned out, it was too good to be true. Mm. Unfortunate, but, um, Paul Angus. Yeah. So I ended up trading him out, um, to Dunkley, which didn't work out, um, in the first week. Um, and in retrospect, I, I, I could have waited a week given that Dunkley was always going to be eased back into the dogs lineup, but, 
I was seduced, I think, by their opponent in the Suns and the prospect of a big score coming off the back of that. Yeah, likewise. Other trade was used on downgrading CCJ to Reeves uh, to give me some much-needed cash from my last two remaining trades and some potential cover for the ruck line given it was left bare with the uh, the non-playing Edwards from the Ruse sitting back with his feet up doing sweet FA. So, um, yeah, uh, that, that gives me a little bit of um, a surety, I guess, in the rucks. In terms of my scores for the round, uh, in terms of the good, must say, how about my man Walshy? Yes. The man is an absolute jet, a genuine jet with a return of 193. And um, I don't know if you saw on Footy Classified, but... Um, Good old Kane Corns, who ended up riding off Walsh after his first year and said that um, he wasn't going to be a match winner. Well, the past couple of weeks, he's been yeah, the match winner. definitely. Um, so that was good to see that he was eating some humble pie. In terms of uh, other big scores from my team, they came from Steele, Danger, Oliver, McRae, Merritt, Hall, Lyons, Short and Lloyd. So um, uh, did pretty well there. In terms of the bad, the obvious is Dusty getting injured, of course. Very unfortunate. And uh, the fact that Whitfield was unable to play due to concussion meant I had to rely on Bianco to fill the hole. Fortunately enough, I think he actually did pretty well considering, scored in the 60s. And uh, May was uh, the biggest underperformer, however, with 67. Yep. Trouble is, Liam, guys are dropping left, right and centre. And I don't really have the trades to threaten anyone with trading them out anymore. So uh, <laughs> I, know, I know I love doing that in the past and I don't think I can anymore because uh, I've shown my cards. And uh, yes, yeah, you, you've done it too many times this season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it was it was going to work with uh, with Langers as we saw, and then he, he he pinged his hammy. I don't know if he was doing that to Spidey, oh, maybe, maybe yes. Jeez, it's like one of those Saw films where like it all comes together and you have flashbacks. <laughs> now it's coming. Now I understand. I'm seeing the light. Game over. He injured his hammy because he knew that I would have to waste a trade on him. So. Another nail in the coffin for him. Thanks, Langers. Absolute <laughs> turd. Um, but in terms of the ugly, Grundy, Grundy, Grundy. Went into the round with a massive score on the cards against Carlton, backed up by an impressive historical average of 139, with his lowest in four matches being 127. And what hurt even more is I passed up the VC score of 124 on McRae, which is one point off the uh, the magical 125 mark, as we like to say, which is the point of where we take and claim that VC score. When I saw you not take it, I was like, mm. here's my chance. Because yep. uh, as, as people will find out in a few minutes, yep. yeah, I, I made a, a big boo-boo. <laughs> yeah, but it worked in your favour, though. It did, it um, did, actually. 99 times out of 100, I would end up doing the same thing because all signs pointed to a grundy day out, really, given his historical average and the fact that he was coming up against an undersized and inexperienced opponent in TDK, which is Tom DeConning, and given um, Sauce was the backup ruck. So I thought he was in for an absolute blinder, but no, wasn't to be. What about yourself, Liam? How'd you go? I must say it was much nicer to be back on the winner's list this week, especially after... You know, it wasn't a massive shocker, but it wasn't a great score last round. I did bounce back uh, with a score of 2,441, which saw me rise up the ranks by 373 spots to sit 2,317th overall. Another slow rise, but most importantly, it was uh, getting the win over Damon, which was the highlight of the week. <laughs> that being said, I almost made, as I mentioned earlier, a, a rookie mistake. I set up my team early last week, but then, you know, decided to do the old reverse changes to make sure I was happy with it before the first lockout on Thursday night. 
and it meant that uh, I moved the that that moved the VC off McRae, which I did not notice. Mm. Luckily, I I could rectify the situation by putting the VC on Parish, and the C on Grundy, um, which was obviously two very late uh, a very late VC and a obviously a very late C as well. Um, and I did have to lock in Parish's one thirty six before final scaling, but luckily he did go up about two points, and I didn't have to risk it on Grundy. <laughs> but uh, it was very close it was very close to me actually taking Grundy as well which may have seen me lose in actual fact no nah, I think you still would have got me lucky 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 yeah so I think you still would have got me so I'm not kicking myself too much there but still it helped in terms of uh, your rise in the ranks didn't it it did it did which is the main thing for me uh, in terms of my trades um, as hinted at last week I did make the two trades this week bringing in Dunkley and Bolton uh, for CCJ and the ever reliable but injured Langers. Um, they combined, sorry. Uh, they combined for 194 on debut in my side, which was uh, a pretty good return. I'd be, I'd say overall. Uh, on the good, Sammy Walsh just wow, as Damon said, what a what a what a return, and he's running into some hot form with that 193. As mentioned, Parrish was my VC, and then obviously my eventual C. Other big scores came from Lloyd, Short, McRae, Merritt, Laird, Lyons, Danger, Hall, and Bolton. In the bad, I've got Ridley. He didn't, you know, he's got a lift. Got to lift back up to what, what what we saw. Had a bit of an off game on the weekend, um, but not too much concern there. I think it was just an off game more than anything. And then Stevie May as well. That's not what I'm looking for on my side, especially at this pointy end of the season. Mm-hmm. And now onto my ugly. It's the dynamic duo of Gaundy. And you know what? You've got to lift your socks. <laughs> I'm putting them both on notice for Ooh. season 2022. Ooh, wow. If you want to find your way back into my side, I've got to see something in the next couple of weeks um, before the season ends. <laughs> Especially Gorn. You know what? I can handle I can handle Grundy, but but Gorn, Mr. Sean Darcy is coming for your spot. I really like that strategy. You know, I mentioned before how I don't have any trades left to threaten players. I like yep. the fact that you're using next year's potential spots <laughs> in your side as a threat. Yeah. So maybe I should start doing that. That's Gorn's. Gorn's not going to find himself there. Is he's definitely on the he's on the out list at this stage. Yeah. So in terms of that, I'm just going to go back and say, uh, Stephen, mate, if you want to uh, be in my side, mate, pull up your socks. <laughs> uh, who else we got here that I can threaten? Um, Ridley? No, I like Ridley. Um, what about Gordon Grundy? Or, all right, Grundy. Coming oh, for you, Grundy. mate. I'm coming for you. Gorn, uh, um, it's probably more so due, due to Jackson as opposed to Gorn. So I'm probably, I'm going to say uh, Jackson. You're not going to find your way into my side, mate, unless you give Gorn uh, ample time in the ruck. Uh, Goody, as the coach, you're an idiot, mate. Play to your strengths, mate. Put Gaundy as your first starting ruckman. And Grundy, uh, you killed me on the weekend, mate. Come on. Pull up your socks. Um, yes. I was going to say let your hair down, but you've, you've chopped your hair, so I can't, I can't yep. use that, um, that phrase. What about uh, running Charlie? How, uh, how are we looking, Liam? Yeah, let's uh, have a quick look. Uh, I sit on top of the ladder. Which has been the the story mm. of the season, really. Yeah. Uh, ten <laughs> wins, eight losses, percentage of a hundred point seven nine, and just to add a point differential because I think the percentage really isn't telling us that much. No. Uh, it's uh, plus three hundred and ten points uh, in my favour. Um, yep. Damon, you're on eight wins, ten losses, ninety nine point two one percent, and obviously minus three hundred and ten mm. in the point differential. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said the previous weeks, I don't know if we can make that up, unfortunately, because our team is 
so similar and it's going to be yeah. even more similar now because I'm going to be bringing Bolton into my team so Bloody hell. Um, I think I think you can probably mark it down as a, as a win overall unless something yes. drastic happens um, nah something drastic could happen nah 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 I, will, I think the only thing that may separate us I think I think you'll still finish above me but in terms of wins from week to week that's yeah. probably the only thing I can salvage and it may come down to eating donuts potentially um, as we know it's been a bit of carnage uh, in the latter part of the season so mm, far so definitely Wait and see there. But let's move on because now it is time to have a look back at all the happenings from round 18 by discussing the hottest topics, players, and everything in between in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to tell. Thursday, never looking back. It's Friday, I'm in love. Wow, what a week that was. COVID outbreaks in Melbourne and Sydney. I mean, Sydney's had outbreaks for a while but they threw a spanner in the works this week especially seeing venues and games changed and a slew of players being late out after being exposure sites popular picks like toby green and callum mills found themselves as late outs as very very late outs mm. um basically being pulled out during the warm-up Yes, uh, Green and Mills, just on those two, they will unfortunately miss again this week, as will a host of other players. Other than those two, the most super coach relevant players to miss this week will be Kieran Briggs, uh, who people may be relying upon uh, as a bit of depth, uh, either in defence or up forward. Uh, Josh Dunkley, unfortunate for both of us because we brought him in last week. And of course, Rowan Marshall, who people brought in last week or even were looking at as replacements for Dusty this week. So uh, you can cross him off the list because he won't be taking his spot in St Kilda's lineup, unfortunately. Yes, COVID is really throwing a, a spanner in the works. And as you mentioned, it is chaos. But you know what? In, in the immortal words of uh, Littlefinger from, from Game of Thrones, chaos is a ladder. So I'm sure it will help some people, hopefully. Yes, that's Just true. not myself at this stage. Is, that, um, is it a positive outlook on things? Is it like a silver oh, lining? It depends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you know what? I've got to take the silver linings. Yep. got to take the silver linings. <laughs> Uh, but moving on to some more negative news. Uh, in terms of injuries, Dustin Martin suffered a sickening injury to his kidney that will see him out for the rest of the season. We obviously wish Dustin Martin a quick recovery um, and to see him back on the park in 2021. Yes, and uh, just extending out that injury list, unfortunately, uh, Josh Kelly also succumbed to an ankle injury on Sunday night, but it looks like he'll be back playing this week against the Dons with scans uh, confirming today that uh, he has avoided any real major structure damage to his ankle so they have said that if he gets through training this week then he should take his place in the Giants lineup Uh, but of course don't take our word for it because uh, things do change and uh, with the state of the season to date uh, things can change rather rapidly Uh, but meanwhile popular defensive rookie Tom Highmore uh, again is another one who has gone down uh, this time suffering a hand injury on uh, the weekend just gone and will unfortunately miss this week. So uh, again, it, it's not just, you know, you're starting 22 players that are going down with injury. Yeah, it's just It's everyone. also the depth. Um, so yeah, we're all being hit left, right and center with, with all these injuries and, and all over chaos. Definitely. And in, I guess, more positive news, uh, despite not finishing out the game, Sean Darcy looks like he'll be named next week for Fremantle mm. and Whitfield will most likely be making his much needed return to the Giants lineup as well. So Liam, it's that time of the show. We are joined by our very special guest and that special guest is, uh, I'm going to call it the queen of Supercoach. Yes. Please don't. Which is rather <laughs> apt. Oh, there she is. I think she's in the background there. Which is rather apt as she is the current 
number one coach in overall ranks. It is M Chalice, otherwise known affectionately on Twitter as Supercoach Mama. Emily Chalice, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Um, how are you feeling? It's been a bit of a whirlwind, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I've been in denial for a very long time because um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I've just had a bit of luck and, oh, how lucky am I? And I'm going to be like, you know, I'm going to go back to 1,000 or 2,054th and, you know, when you get the win of, yeah, now I'm 2,023,000th or whatever, <laughs> you know, that. Um, no, it's a bit bizarre. Um, I must admit, once I got to second, I really wanted to be first, even though I don't want to be, st- you know, obviously we'd love to be stay first, but yeah. being so high, I'm never getting this high again, let's be honest. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, seriously, statistically, I'm not. Yeah. So I'm like, I'd, I would have, it would really drive me nuts if I went, I was second once and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Just second. Just second. No. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, um, I love being second, but like to be first, just for even for one week is pretty cool. Yeah. Make sure you screenshot it anyway. Like yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I'll be doing. Yeah. And then blow yeah, yeah. it up. Um, it'd be like, <laughs> yeah. at least add it to your bio, your Twitter bio as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was first. Yeah. First. <laughs> first. In, round, in round 18. <laughs> yeah. Make it your profile picture, everything else. <laughs> Let's kick it off with the question. So obviously number one at the moment. Uh, but let's just get a little bit of a background uh, in terms of how you got into Supercoach and uh, how long you've been playing. Yeah, so I've been playing about since 2013, so about eight years then. Um, I think I had one or two years off in that time when I went, nah, I'm really crap at this. Um, <laughs> but um, I think I started when I was on maternity leave with my first son. Um so, uh, yeah, so, and I was really bored. Um, Good way to pass the time. Yeah. So I started with Sudoku's because uh, <laughs> I love numbers. I love, I love numbers. I love problem solving. That's a big part of Supercoach. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then I just found Supercoach and it was like my jam. I'm like, oh my goodness, this, this is amazing. I loved it. Oh, great. Yeah, nice. That's nice. Uh, so obviously, as, as we've mentioned a few times, number one, um, but how did you start the season? Uh, was it a slow burn or did you, I guess, start with a, with a near perfect lineup? Oh, near perfect. Well, I started danger, so it wasn't oh. perfect, was it? Yeah, so did we. Um, so did we. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I had a good, I had a really good start. Actually, um, I was actually looking at it. I was actually 200th in round three. And I actually haven't gone any lower mm. than that. Wow. All round, like oh, wow. It's never happened. <laughs> yeah, I was 269th actually round two and then round three I was 77th and that's as high as I've been. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Um, but Dunkley and Butters um, really started. They just they just were on fire. I started them. And, yeah. of course, we know how that story ends. Because... <laughs> <laughs> For both of those. For both of them. Like, yeah. I reckon someone's just put a voodoo curse on forward lines. Like, seriously. Yeah. Oh, no. It was bad enough at the start of the season, wasn't it? Like, with the, yeah. the depth, I guess, that we had to deal with. And then guys going down left, right and centre. Oh. Um, Caldwell was another one that Liam and myself started yeah. with. and. Yeah, I was tempted by him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually held some trades, um, which never happens. I'm always like a trader, and I always run out of trades. So, (laughs) Um, so actually, my team was going pretty well. That I actually got to, and this until the injury started to happen. Yeah, a bit that I had to, um, yeah, had to make my make some moves. 
So just in terms of those moves, what can you narrow down as your as your best moves uh, so far this year? And probably, I guess, alternatively, because you know everyone outside may be thinking it's all um, all roses and sunshine, but uh, there's obviously regrets and stuff that you have as well along the way. <laughs> what were your best moves and, and biggest regrets? Do you think? Yeah, well, my best move now he's been a bit quiet. They've both been a bit quiet, but my best move happened in round seven when I traded Dunkley and Golden. To Bont for two six hundred and two oh, grand wow. and Zorko for four hundred and eighty five. <laughs> that was my best. That's my wow. best. That sums up why you are in the position yeah. you are at the moment. I think bloody hell. Or part partly anyway. It's, that's amazing. That's lovely. Really funny story is I um I've people kept asking me oh what's your advice and I say don't make any last minute changes. You know, be very strategic. Think through. Do not change your team five minutes before lockdown. Two minutes before lockdown, before Western Bulldogs play, I'm messaging Chizo from yeah. Dr. Supercoach and I'm saying, so I bring him on? And he's like, you don't have enough money. Oh, I do have enough money. And I sent him the wrong screenshot of my money and then he's like, oh, do what you want. You know, I'm like, ah! And I'm like, I'm trying to get bought. And then I'm like, why did I trade him on? I'm like, I've just spent 600 grand, 600,000 on this guy and yeah. um, I'm like, value, value, value. I should have got going with... Um, Someone else, like Houston. <laughs> oh, yeah, Houston. Ooh. So it was, yeah, yeah. It was Brayshaw, Houston, Bond. Yeah, then yeah. I chose Bond, so. You, you jumped on him at a good time. Yeah, yeah perfect timing. No, I was really happy with that. My dad's Jordan, the, the rookie. I oh, tried James him in Jordan? The, James yep. Jordan, yeah, sorry. Yep. James Jordan. See, I've blocked his name out of my memory. Uh, As have I. As have I. (laughs) He doesn't exist. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I showed him out for 205, but I did get Oliver, but um, Mm -hmm. that was was a boo-boo. I... I did regret trading in um, Tom Mitchell in round two for danger for a very long time. Ooh. I'm only starting. It's the first time he's been more than his price that I bought him in in round two. <laughs> oh, that's so, a win. No matter, <laughs> yes. no matter how long it takes, it's still a win now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was regretting bringing in Hawkins. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let me know. We'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> I'm a cat supporter. Oh, um, yep. Yeah. And... Um, We'll talk about this later about my rules and I break my rules constantly for full forwards. It's just something about them. I just, oh, I keep bringing them in like Cameron and Darling and <laughs> Hawkins. This is the third time I've brought in Hawkins and the other two times didn't end up well. So I don't know why I did it again when I was doing really well. But anyway, look, he's not a bad pick. It's just, Yeah. <laughs> he just scares me. He just really scares me because he could just pop out at 44. And yeah, I'm like, <laughs> and um, that, Mel- that Melbourne game really scares me um, in t- round 23. Um, yeah, so if I have trades, I mean, not giving any secrets away, but possibly I might trade someone called rhyming with Balkans. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for for Huddy, mm, he might be. <laughs> anyway, I don't think I'm going to have trades. Let's be honest. Yeah, well, I think everyone's in this in a very similar boat. So yeah, um, definitely. I think the key part of this year uh, is trying to conserve your trades, as we saw on the weekend. It was just complete mm. mayhem, oh. um, which we've detailed throughout this episode. And yeah, it's it's probably added another layer of strategy to the you know what we normally have to deal with at this time of year just in terms of normal injuries that people are sustaining so 
yeah, I think everyone's in the same boat, but you're in a good position so far. Yeah, very um, good position. But keep those aces up your sleeve. Mm. Yeah, so you mentioned that you've been uh, playing since 2013. Uh, so what have been, the, I guess, the key learnings across that journey? As you mentioned, you've got some solid super coach rules that you like to break, as, as I think we all do. Um, but what are those rules? Well, is getting to know a um, player's, player's role, um, yeah, it's really important. And so, mm. like, role change is really great. And I like seeking value, like um, – I didn't actually um, do it this year, I don't think, but doing cha- doing players who've moved clubs, for example, I started Tom Mitchell when he changed clubs um, and also changed positions. So starting player who loses their forward eligibility, people forget about them. Mm. But those kind of little little tweaks and then obviously you want a forward that plays in the midfield. You don't want to, mm. you know, you don't want to, you know, one that just kicks goals. Yeah, Emily. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> oh, I am um, talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, talking about pods, I started Jack Darling. This and it kind oh. of ruined my whole. And not this year, a couple of years ago, and he like scored nineteen in round three, and it was just oh, I remember disaster. That. Yeah. And then he dropped down in price, and yeah. I, I remember I was going to get him. I was like, oh, should I get him? But I think I think he actually ended up scoring a. A couple of decent scores towards the back end, yeah. off the back of that, and then he went back after I traded him. Oh, yeah. okay. maybe that was yeah. a catalyst. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but I also, as I said, I like to. So this year, I've really been um, trying to be really calm, apart from my bond trade, but really calm and um, not play around with my team too much. When there was the mayhem with the buys, I think I did forty-four different versions of my team but I have actually <laughs> like oh man on my screenshots it's just oh this this version this version this version when you had three trades um but I actually really try not to mess with my team too much and just actually just think about the people and then every time I make the trades I set my team up perfectly so the optimized button I think that's a super coach plus option yep. I just do that Oh, it was really funny at the start of the year when you would do that and it would put Flynn on field and was it Grundy oh, yes. off field? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oops. But it doesn't do that anymore. Um, so I would do, I'll do that. And also another tip I've tried to do is always put your ruck, even like I've got Edwards now, he's not playing, but the E on the Edwards. So when you go, oh, yeah. I'm going to put him on the bench, oh, it automatically, yeah. your Grundy automatically has an E on it. Yep. So yeah, it's just those little one. tips. So don't unclick, unclick your E. So just setting up your team like you like spout to be lockout is what I try to do. And then you get in that mentality and that habit of doing it. That's advice I should take. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, uh, five minutes, five minutes before. Try not to trade before, uh, you know, yeah. before that. Um, also something is... I got a little, I got a little rumor on Twitter. I love Twitter about Reeves being laid out. Oh yes, yep, yep. I waited until the team's selection before I traded him in. Before I was about to trade him in, yeah. And he was laid out. So um, something that I'm really trying to do is hold, yes. like, and hold those trades. Yep. I know it's the best feeling Thursday night to go done, yay, <laughs> luck out, yeah. I don't have to, I can't do anything more, and it's like. Those times are done. Yeah, exactly. And I guess, yeah, given the position you're in as well, you need to be on top of like all the news, last minute news, all that sort of thing as well to try and yeah. get that, that small edge. I know. Um, yeah, it's, 
It's almost like oh. another part-time job, isn't it? Like, <laughs> that's crazy. It is. My husband is, uh, well, he was losing patience. He's getting a little bit more motivated now for some reason. But, oh. um, <laughs> Couldn't be why, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like the eye rolls of being on the phone too much and it's something I'm really trying to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you converted, does he play super coach at all? No. And you, have oh, you been able to yes. convert him now? Like, and you can teach him, you know, the weights? A little bit. Yeah, I've taught him yeah. the VCC loophole. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> he understands that. And he's like, oh, that's good. Oh, you know, and he's trying to understand that. And um, I'm, I'm, it's slow, slow process. Actually, it's been heart, heart attack for my team, but actually Hawkins has been really good because um, it, watching Cats games now, so whenever Tom Stewart, who I have in my team, Patrick Dangerfield or Hawkins touch the ball, my husband will go, cha-ching. Um, <laughs> So it's, oh, it's, really, it's been good it's for, for our marriage. But, um, yeah, so if anyone watches, yeah, it's watching the matches. It's just my husband, which is going, cha-ching. Um, yeah, so, look, it's, it's – yeah. He's um, – it's, it's a slow process. <laughs> <laughs> and just in terms of uh, – you spoke of your rules and, and kind of breaking rules. In your years playing, do you have any players on your Never Again list? I always talk about guys like a, a Rockliffe of yesteryear mm. who I've been seduced into – uh, selecting numerous times when I've come out and said I'll never select him ever again. Heath Shaw's another player. Are there any players that you like to write off? We spoke to Clem uh, last week uh, who was in your position at the moment uh, at number one and he said that he never really likes to write off players which I thought was was interesting because I don't know probably takes the emotion out of things but if you've mm. been been burnt once uh, you're very very hesitant to select him again. Do you have any players there that that you have a never again list uh, for or burn book? Yeah, I, I do. And when my answer will give you the clues of how I feel about it. So Hawkins has been in my never again list, who I have in my team. Jelly has been in my never again list. Oh, yes. <laughs> Who's in my team? Um, oh, well, <laughs> this maybe... is going really well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Darling is not in my team, but, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And, um, Whitfield's, oh, oh, Whitfield's been on that list and he's in my team. So <laughs> yeah, I, I do break those rules, but I, I do agree with Clem though, that like, yeah, situations can change and it's, you know, money wise, Whitfield made sense. You know, he really yeah. made sense money wise. Um, and he was playing really well in his role and everything. So you've really got to take, you know, but someone like Darling, he's, you know, he is that's stupid. Um, Shannon Hearns on my never again list. And oh, I really? actually, mm, he's just too, too old. Too old. Yeah, as <laughs> so I, I always prone, say that he's perpetually prone. too old. <laughs> so injury prone players um, is also mm. one. But I have Aaron Hall on my team, so. Oh, yep. But he's Saturday, not actually yeah. too injury prone. But anyway, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. But look, um, yeah, it's it's just a year by year thing, I think. Um, and now we do have a have a question from a big fan by the name of Tim Mitchell. He asks, "Hi Emily, big fan. If you could have five members of the Supercoach community over, why would I be one, and what would we order from KFC?" Right. Well, I just want to say that you can tell Tim is from Melbourne, Victoria, because he's living in COVID restrictions. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Call him out. That's it. But um, I can't only pick five, Tim. Of course, you would be invited. And it would be in summertime, all selection of beers, cricket on, Barbie. 
Of course, he would be supplying the KFC because he he had mm. to crowbar yeah. that referencing yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, it was as subtle as a sledgehammer. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> KFC as well. I love I love like a twist. It's a twister wrap. Oh, it's yeah. the healthiest Ooh, thing. Yeah. I love it with the chips and a Mountain Dew. It would oh, be Mountain, what I'll be having. Mountain Dew is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm a big fan and, of Mountain Dew. Yeah. So I've actually um, have lots of people I'm actually connected with. Mainly through Twitter, I've actually got a group um, that was actually called like Captain's, like Captain's um, Supercoach group that I've actually been involved with. So all those crew would be, and then of course Dr. Supercoach, and then just lots of people, I reckon. Oh, it would be a very interesting party anyway. Talking strategies and yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure they'll be, uh, they'll be picking your brains as well. <laughs> I'm familiar with you because uh, we're in, uh, or we were last year in one of Bryce Mitchell, another Mitchell, in Bryce oh, yeah. Mitchell's um, private Twitter group chat uh, for BBL, yes, Supercoach yes. BBL. Did you jump into that after AFL Supercoach? Like, was it something that you've dabbled in before or was it something you thought, oh, I'll just try my hand at, uh, at Supercoach BBL? And how do you go at that? Yes, uh, not too bad. Um, first year I played, it was 64, 60 something. Oh, wow. 70 yeah, that's, something. that's good. <laughs> or maybe it was 164 actually. Um, that was 164. <laughs> 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 um, I, lo- I really, really love it. And I was doing really well last year, except I um, I made some really crap I, I captured the wrong people because of lockout because the lockouts just were just oh, so yeah. intense last year. Um, I love BBL. I got into it in about 2015. I love cricket. I love watching cricket. I actually used to listen. So Tim Mitchell actually used to do a BBL podcast. Yes. Um, yes. And I love well, that's actually the first year I started. So, yeah. So, I, yeah. So I really, yeah, really, really do enjoy that. It's I, I am sadly probably not going to do it this year, though. I am. It's just. uh, I think. uh, I think I just need some time to a break. A break, probably. Oh, and I have to sacrifice. Sacrifice BBL, I think. Otherwise, Harvey might make me take next year off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you come out of uh, this AFL season uh, with the crown. it, it might change his mind, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he might be going to Shing when he sees Marcus Stoinis at the crease. Yeah, yeah, it's tr- <laughs> true. Yeah. True. Might be able to twist his arm that way. Yeah, the Hulk. Yeah, I mean, thank you so much for, for jumping on the on the, the podcast. And where can our listeners find you on Twitter uh, for all your tips and just to, just to follow you and cheer you on? Yep, so supercoachmama at E Chalice. I actually have never done my Twitter handle before. <laughs> 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 I was, presume that's it. Yeah, anyway, that's Coach it. Mama. Perfect. I'm sure you can find me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again for, for joining yeah, us you. on the podcast and uh, all the very best for the, uh, the rest of the season ahead. And uh, we'll be cheering you on quite hard. Yes. Good luck. Good awesome. Luck. Thanks, guys. Yes, that was, of course, the world number one. M Chalice joining us for a, a good old chin wag. So thanks so much for joining us, M, and uh, enlightening us with uh, all of your insights, tips, and uh, fingers crossed you can you can go all the way because it's uh, it's yes. great to see someone who's uh, so active in the community yeah. be rewarded for for all the hard work that uh, that they Definitely. put in. Good luck. Good luck. And uh, let's move on to the next segment, which is the price is right. The price is wrong, bitch. And in the prices right as we did last week we normally run through the top buy sell hold and wait options for the round however with most super coaches down to a handful of trades and in some cases none which will probably be me after this weekend <laughs> we figured we'd hone in on the big issues facing many coaches out there like both of us 
This week, we're faced with injuries to Dustin Martin and Josh Kelly and COVID outbreaks affecting popular players like Toby, the Karate Kid, Wax On, Wax Off Green, and <laughs> Callum Mills. So let's start off with Dusty. Yeah, what should we do, David? I think it pretty much speaks for itself. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> suffered a significant injury to his kidney on the weekend. Yeah. And unfortunately, he has been ruled out for the remainder of season 2021. So assuming you don't have adequate cover, in other words, a decent F7 to replace him, it's time to move him on. I think either way, um, he's going to be a, a non-player in your team. So if you can spare a trade... Uh, yeah, definitely trade him. Moving on to the next injured player, I guess. It's Josh Kelly. Um, obviously injured himself on the weekend. Um, but it does look as though he'll be right to play um, against my mob, the Dons, this weekend. While he did suffer an injury to his ankle, that did send a, a shudder. You felt it when he when he uh, rolled <laughs> his ankle. Just the collective owner's ownership of Josh the Kelly. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, it looks as though it was just a rolled ankle. Luckily, nothing, scans have shown nothing structural. If he does get through training, he should be able to play. If he does happen to be laid out, um, I still think he's in the hold category because he should only really miss a week. Um, it's very Andrush Kelly-like as well. He's he's actually played every game this season so far. Yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a surprise, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, normally he misses, misses a couple at least. Um, so any any case, at this stage, should be on the hold category for me. Yeah, and I totally agree as well. Um, and I felt for those coaches out there because I I was kind of doing a bit of work and had uh, fan footy on uh, open in my browser on a different tab and flicked across. And then when I saw the um, yeah the the red cross up next to his name on fan mm. footy, I thought, oh, here we go. He's he's finally sustained that injury that he always sustains. Uh, around about this time every year um, and I thought maybe it was season ending but yeah thankfully uh, all sounds uh, rosy at the moment and uh, we'll take his place on the weekend um, so fingers crossed for those coaches out there that he does and another player who caused a bit of a headache on the weekend but for differing reasons is Callum Mills who unfortunately couldn't take his place in the Swans lineup uh, pretty much last second unfortunately due to COVID-19 yeah. protocols uh, because he was listed at an exposure site and that means that uh, he can't play this weekend due to the fact that it's a 14-day quarantine period or thereabouts. And yes, I know it's frustrating having to field a rookie or a, you know, a D7 at this stage of the season, but with trades limited, it's really not worth moving him on. If you're in the unfortunate position of also owning Highmore as your bench cover, hopefully you have a, a defender slash midfield DPP uh, cover that allows you to switch maybe say a Laird or a Bianco into yep. your defense and then play a midfield replacement off the bench. If not, I would be preparing to eat a donut unless league finals are really at stake and you're playing for league finals. Um, mm. But I think overall, hold if you can, because as I said, um, you know, trades are at a premium so far. So yeah, he's going to be missing a second week consecutively, but that's just unfortunate. It's, it's sort of the, the only way that you can navigate it, I guess, is just riding the bumps. With a grin. Definitely. <laughs> to borrow a phrase from Hawthorne's uh, theme song. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the wrong team, but... Uh, yeah, it is the wrong team. cleared that up there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving on, we've also got Callum Mills, I guess, tier two uh, colleague, I guess, or friend. Yeah. Uh, also, also at the rugby. Um, same advice... Uh, goes for Toby Green as for Callum Mills. 
even if it means potentially eating a donut, a sideways trio trade really just feels like a waste at this stage of the season, considering that he and Mills will both be back on the park very, very soon. So for me, it's a hold. Um, I've seen a few people actually ask me this question, should you be trading green out? Um, I've seen people with like one trade, two trades left, um, suggesting that they're going to trade out green and someone else. Um, and then have no trades left after that. I think it's just mm. a bit, it's a bit too short-sighted for mine. Um, I just think holding your trades at this stage of the season, especially for a player that's not out because of injury, is just out because of um, an, an exposure site. It's a really mm. weird, weird reason to be out. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think it's just best to hold for those players right now. So with that in mind, uh, let's consider our trading options for these guys, and let's bring in Franco. Grand style, grand style, grand style. Megalo, megalo, megalo. Thank you for that, Franco. You can now go and take a seat back down in your throne. <laughs> First up, we have uh, by candidates replaced Dusty. Now kicking it off with Dane Zorko, who uh, is eligible as a forward midfielder who uh, allows a bit of flexibility with the DPP switch. Priced at 604.3K, averaging 110 with a break-even of 180. So if you have the cash, Dane Zorko is a very good option. But you'll likely need to make two trades to get him in, given his price tag. So um, given that, I'd potentially hold a week. Also, given that his break-even of 180 means that he's coming down in price. Yes, but Damon, he averages in the last four against uh, the Suns, 129. Don't do that to me. So is is it worth bringing him in even though you like he's going to come down in cash? He's mm. unlikely to score 180. Um, he hasn't done that against the Suns in the past four, but you know he's scored 140s against the Suns in recent years. Is it worth bringing him in early? An- another thing, another layer to factor oh. in. almost like an onion. But Neil, now uh, <laughs> the Lions have come out and said that uh, he is likely to play on the weekend. We've heard that provided- before. Provided, yeah, exactly. We heard that before and he was laid out last time this happened. But yeah, he, he is suffering with a shoulder ailment. If he does play, is he going to have restricted game time? Is he going to have a different role mm-hmm. in the Lions lineup? And it's probably something to look at in terms of the way that Zorko performs when Neil's in the team. And when he's not in the team, does it therefore allow Zorko more time in the midfield? Mm. Which I think it probably would. So that's another thing to factor in. So many layers. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, let's jump into the next guy, Shea Bolton. Forward mid, 420.8K, averaging 90.7 and a break-even of 62. Obviously, we looked at him all the way back last weekend, which feels like an eternity ago. Um, and he looked to be back on the weekend. Uh, I think he scored a hun- over 100, 107 off memory. Um, mm-hmm. But will he continue that form? With Martin out, you'd expect that there'd be more time in the middle for him to take, uh, but he doesn't look so great if, if Richmond's not winning, um, which is what we've seen in the past few past few weeks before um, last week. He did, yeah, score that 107, which saw him crack the ton again for the first time in a few weeks. I did bring him in um, last round and was very, very happy with the output. With finals on the line, surely Richmond, and therefore, by extension, Bolton, will be pushing hard to make the eight and not miss the finals, and therefore we get some more more tons out of him. Yeah, I think a lot of people like we spoke of with with Zorko, just in terms of people being strapped for cash and, you know, Dusty and Shea Bolton, practically the same price. So yeah. uh, that, this, this is virtually a sideways swap. I think it's a it's a given, really. It's, it's a vanilla pick, I know, but um, given the fact that you won't have to spend any more dip into your bank, 
off the back of the trade. I would I would look to do that first and foremost, and then um, look elsewhere if you can. Um, but there's so many, as we said before, there's so many things you need to factor in. Like, yeah, do you wait a week uh, for 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 Zorko? Do you get Zorko in because he's got good form? Like, it's becoming now uh, an interesting proposition for people to really think about. And it, it comes down to, again, I think, you know, we've spoken about it so many times, but yeah. if you're playing for leagues as opposed to overall, and it's probably worthwhile looking at the the players that your opponent that you're facing this week has in their team. Like, if they have a Bolton, is it worthwhile getting Bolton in to then, I guess, offset that risk? Yeah. Um, because if he does kill it and you don't, don't go for Bolton, and, you know, and again, if you're on the cusp of finals and you need to win this week... Um, it's something that you probably need to factor in with those points on field. So uh, for me, I'd be looking to bring in Bolton ahead of Zorko, um, probably more so if you're playing for leagues. Um, but yeah, so many things to factor in. Yeah. Now this next guy, Liam, I'll throw to you because he's someone that you're factoring in as a replacement player yeah. for Dusty. Yes. Uh, so just, just, I guess, some context. I am forced, I have very little bank left over. I only... Uh, and they have a hundred bucks in the, in the bank after trading in Dunkley and Bolton last week. Uh, so I am looking for budget options. So anyone less, basically let price less than a Dustin Martin. Um, so I don't have to eat into too many trades. Uh, but this guy, Jamie Elliott forward mid 419.1 K averaging 82 with a break even of 44 is a player that I'm, I want to say forced to consider. Um, but I do think Elliott is a, is an interesting option. His time in the middle has been pretty steady with CBAs hovering around the 23 to 30% mark since his return in round 12. Um, not super high CBAs. Um, I think they are being eaten into, I think, as we mentioned, Damon off air by mm. uh, Jordan Degoe, um, who is really playing that hybrid forward mid role. Um, more so than Elliot. Um, but his, his scoring hasn't been super consistent, but it hasn't been terrible either. He's had a low score of 49 way back in round two, um, which uh, he missed after that, so I believe he was injured in that game. And since coming back in round 12, he's going at an average of 92.0. Mm. Uh, so if you're in need of a bargain option like myself, he is one, I guess, to ponder. Yeah, for sure. And I think if he was playing the same role that he was last year, yeah. where he was getting, like in the sort of the second half of last year, he was racking up CBA numbers such as 71%, 67, 80, 73, 73, 80, 90 even at one stage. Um, so you can definitely tell by that alone that Dugowie has now stepped into that role where he's taking up ample midfield time that Elliot did have playing as that hybrid mid forward. Um, so yeah, he's someone to factor in, but probably less so this year compared to last year, um, which is which is why I think Dugowie is the more attractive option. But like you say, you know, if you're having to settle for someone in that price range, he is someone to consider, that's yeah. for sure. So looking at his score since round 12, it's 120, 80, 79, 65, 111 and 97. So it's sort of all over the place. Um, no real consistency there. But if his lower scores are 65... Um, and then the next lowest is 79 and 80. That's not too bad from my perspective. Absolutely. And uh, there's someone else that uh, I have no doubt you'll be factoring in as well around about that price range. Yes. Who I think is actually a, a really uh, good left field option. And it is Matthew Kennedy of my mob at Carlton. 
Now he is a forward midfielder as well, so he comes with that DPP, which is always a plus. He's priced at 434.1K, averaging 72.9 with a break-even of 94. And uh, like I said, he's another low-priced option for those who don't have massive amounts of cash left in the bank to use on their remaining trades. And uh, Kennedy has returned with a great role in the midfield since round 12 when he has gained his place back in the side. His CBAs since round 14 readers, 43%, 48 48%, 71%, 44 and 80%, with an average across those games of 93.6 points. So uh, he is converting those CBA percentages into half-decent scores. Mm. And you expect that the 80% is a bit of an anomaly with Cripps out of the side on the weekend when he did rack up those CBA numbers, um, which opened up, again, you know, uh, to have a greater role in the engine room. Now, as a Carlton man, I was uh, super impressed with his game on the weekend. Here's a bit of intel for you, Liam. With Cripps' expected return this week, someone's CBA percentage will be forfeited, no doubt about that. And you'd think that Kennedy's going to see... A reduction. Now, from the outside looking in, you'd say, yes, he's going to see uh, a stark reduction back to those 40% mark um, alongside Dow, who's probably the other, I guess, victim in this sense. However, Fisher was uh, was one who was gifted a random 40% CBAs. Uh, so the reduction in time in the middle for Kennedy may not be as stark as first thought, given Fisher would be the first in line to make way, mm. given that he does predominantly play traditionally as a you know a small roaming yes. forward in the sort of Eddie Betts role. So I expect that Fisher's going to be pushed back up the ground again into the forward line. And I think, yes, Kennedy may lose a few CBAs there. He's not going to get 80% like he did on the weekend, but I can see him hovering around about the 60 to 70% mark. And given, you know, what he scored over that, that period where he has been, you know, been getting those CBA percentages, I think that uh, it's well within, you know, possibility of him scoring like he has where he's been averaging 93.6. So comparing him to Elliot, I would, if I was in your position, I'd be going for, for Keno for sure. Yeah, I think um, I am in a very similar boat. I think I saw Jamie Elliott and thought, hmm, I like this. And then I saw Matthew Kennedy and I thought, yes, I like this more. Um, so I, I'm leaning more towards Kennedy, um, but maybe not, maybe not. We'll have to find out later in the segment when I talk about my trade options. Suspense. Yeah, well, suspense, exactly. The pleasing thing with, and I've spoken about this previously as well, but the thing I love about players that, that have a really high floor is when it comes with tackles. Now, obviously it's not possession or disposal dependent, Mm-hmm. And it's an easy way to to garner points from week to week. And Kennedy falls into that role. He's a midfield bull. And in his past three weeks alone, he's had six tackles, five tackles, and seven tackles. So he is in that mold of a Jack Steele that I really love. And it does set a really high floor and a solid foundation from you know for high scoring um, from week to week. And it's not disposal dependent. So that's the one thing I love about his game. And that is the reason why I'd be looking for him over um, Jamie Elliott. Yeah, definitely. So let's uh, have a bit of a chat through some others of note. We have spoken about some of these in the past as well. Obviously, in the forward line, Dale, Hawkins, and Jordan Dugowie. We've spoken about these guys ad nauseum in recent weeks. Of the three, though, I think I like uh, Jordan Dugowie the most. Mm. While he is still playing as that hybrid midfielder forward with just 52% CBAs, he seems to have found a consistent ceiling with four consecutive scores over 100. However, 
I still think he's a risk. Um, there's there's things to consider coming up, like his impending court date, um, mm. which you just don't know how it will affect him in a football sense. You don't know if it's also going to be a case of his a managed out um, potentially for I guess a, a PR side of Collingwood as well. Mm. They're not risky, like they're not in, in the finals race, so there's no real concern over their win loss record. Um, so there's sort of that's something else to consider, especially with I don't, I don't know with COVID hanging over everything else as well. Just another another angle we've got to consider. Um, but I, I do quite like him. I think, as you said, he's had four consecutive scores over 100. He really seems to have found his place in that side. Um, just also to note, we would have been considering the likes of Josh Dunkley and Ron Marshall, but I guess COVID's ruined those plans. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree there. Um, and as you heard from Em as well, she's got Hawkins. So um, if that's anything to go by, he uh, presents himself as another option. Definitely. Uh, even though she herself said that uh, he should be fraught with danger and she isn't quite sure why she brought him back into her team <laughs> which is quite funny to hear but um she is the expert after all uh moving on to what we're doing Liam yes yes so um do you want to kick us off yep so I'm 100% on a budget and we'll only <laughs> I've got to just be sitting back eating you know uh two minute noodles um just slumming it I guess because of <laughs> Because of my uh, trades last week, I got a bit bit trigger happy, um, but that's well, you can, fine. We can you can shop at uh, Franco Cotzos. Oh yeah, yeah, because he got some good, good prices there. Eh? He'll give me a good yeah. deal. Um, that's what I'm really <laughs> that's what I'm really looking for this week is a good deal. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I'm only going to be able to afford people around Dusty's sort of pretty much just under Dusty's price point. As such, I'll have to take a bit of a punt on someone for that F6 spot along the lines of that Matthew Kennedy or Jamie Elliott. Um, as they'll be pods, they'll be a big risk. But as 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 we know, chaos is a ladder. Maybe it'll mm. maybe it'll work in my favour. Um, <laughs> if cash wasn't a concern, I'd be going Marshall, uh, which I obviously wouldn't be doing now because he's playing. Um, I've already got Bolton. If I didn't have Bolton, that'd be um, a no brainer for me. Um, and if I had the cash, JDG um, as my top three would be like those those three guys would be my top three options to replace Dustin Martin. Yeah, I um, in terms of what I'm looking to do, so Bolton will finally be making his way into my team at the expense of Dusty. Uh, I still need to make one final upgrade with my final trade at F6, who um, I'm currently running Waterboy slash uh, Madden from the Lions mm-hmm. slash Briggs, who, as we know, is out due to COVID. So I'm in a very precarious spot at the moment, and um, it comes down to whether or not I want to use that second trade this weekend so I would have been eyeing off Marshall like you said had he not been out but um yeah I'm, I'm kind of I'm just in two minds like I have no fucking idea what to do <laughs> um Dugowie factors in uh as really really the only other option I guess um and given I have made the top four and eight uh, in most of my cash leagues uh, turning my attention to that at this time of year now that I'm out of contention for the number one spot because uh, M has it all but wrapped up <laughs> I may just wait it out and persist with playing uh, either of one or two rookies one to cover uh, dunks in the forward line and the other at F6 so I'll need to make a decision by Friday night because Collingwood uh, it's been announced they'll be playing Port on Friday night so uh, if I want to go for Dugowie I'll need to make my decision by then so um might come down to uh, the flip of a coin, potentially. A bit of a two-face, 
just flip the coin and leave my fate in the in the hands of the gods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what I should do. Just leave our our destinies to chance. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, those are the trades that we're looking to make at this stage, provided there aren't any further COVID um, replacements and outs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and just quickly, um, Josh Kelly, if he isn't named, um, just you, there's no real bad picks if you've got the if you've got the cash to go anyone priced above Kelly. But if not, um, Ollie Wines is one that I'd really be looking at. I think his there's some big upside for him, but that's only if Kelly isn't named and uh, is, is looking to be out for an extended period, which he really doesn't look to be um, at this stage. Very good, very good um, left field pick there and uh, someone who's actually catapulted himself into Brownlow contention. So yeah. uh, that shows how much uh, good form it is in at the moment. Let's move on to our next segment, which is I'm the Capitan now. Look at me. I'm the Captain now. Yes, every week we bring you our top choices for the vice captain or captain. We'll discuss some of the key options and some that may be a little bit left of field and sometimes we even gaze into our uh, patented um, crystal ball. Crystal ball. Mm. Which we did look into last week to look at the scores for our Sean Darcy, which almost almost got predicted if he wasn't. Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for that meddling injury. Um, yeah. And uh, and McRae as well. McRae, yes. Um, he fell short a little bit because I think I predicted 130, 140. Yeah. So uh, he got, only got 124. But, very um, close, maybe very the, close. Yeah, maybe the crystal ball wasn't shiny enough. We've got to polish it a bit. Yeah, we've got to polish it a bit more. We didn't see the injury coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before we start this chat, um, just... A word of note, I guess. Just check the fixture before the round starts. We've done our best to look at the changes that have occurred, but it's constantly evolving. And at the time of recording, we're still missing some venue and time of game info um, and the fixture's just all over the place. Yeah. Just, we'll, we'll give you the top options from what we know as of Tuesday night, um, but just, just keep an eye on it um, and make sure you're using the VC and C um, appropriately in with, with the games that are coming up. Uh, first, come off the rank, we have on Friday night, now it's been announced, Collingwood facing Port Adelaide. And that man uh, who is in the crosshairs as a potential VC is Brody Grundy. Uh, the game starts at 7.50pm, announced potentially at Marvel, uh, pending further changes. Uh, and he is averaging in his last four against the power 132.5 with scores of 138, 122, 108 and 162. And uh, going by last week's lineup for Port, he will be facing a dual combo of Lysett and Laddams. Uh, so they'll be uh, working in tandem to combat the powerhouse that is Grundy. But if the weekend's game against Carlton is anything to go by, historical data <laughs> can sometimes be deceiving. However, he definitely does factor in as a VC option first up, given the game is now being played at Marvel instead of Adelaide Oval as originally um, projected. Yes, uh, he's he's in the crosshairs for me. You, you're playing for your spot in the side next year, mate. Oh, different sort of crosshairs. Oh. Yeah, that's it. That's all I have to say. <laughs> you're not going to wow. win my VC. I've got better options. Um, stern warning. Yep, stern warning. Uh, moving on to, to your boy, Walshie, against North Melbourne. Oh, my God, this could be a danger game for, yeah, for non-owners. Uh, Saturday at this stage, 1.45pm Marvel. It's moved from like the last game of the round to the second game of the round. So yeah. um, big change there. 
Uh, yeah. He's averaging his last two against North Melbourne, 114.25, with scores of 140 and 89. And as we've mentioned uh, quite a few times, Walsh has hit a hot runner form mm. with a three-round average of, wait for it, 163 and a five-round oh. average of 138.2. Just for context, since the DeBoer tag in round 14, where he scored 71, he has gone 131, 138, 158 and 193. I don't know if you heard that. My pants are off, Liam. That's it. <laughs> they are well and truly off. Is that like uh, Walsh's heat map from the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> that was my heat map in my groin for the weekend. Gee whiz. That goalie kicked. Fucking hell. Very nice. Whew. Okay, anyway. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, I'm lost for words. I'd, I'd, it, he's week a vice-captain. It's the week to do it, I have to say. It, We've always said as well, like mm. with North, they concede, I don't know what they're at the moment, but they were conceding the most points to uh, elite midfielders, uh, opposition midfielders. So I think he, like alone based upon his red hot form, for sure. But then when you factor that in on top of that, mm. yeah, it's, it's pants off territory for me. Like They're not sure, going to tag, they don't tag North. Um, no. Not in, the, no. not in the midfield. Um, so... If, if he was playing the last game and you had to put the C on him, it's a bit of a risk. But putting the VC yep. on him, I've got no concern. Oh, um, for sure. COVID, the COVID fixture changes really helped that. The only danger, I think, to Walsh in the weekend would be potentially Ben Cunnington, if he does play. Mm, yeah. um, they may try and be a bit physical on him, like like he was on Bont, um, to great effect. So fingers crossed as a Carlton man as well that that doesn't happen. Uh, but I can't really see anyone else outside of him playing like a real hard close game on game on him they might even play uh like a, a simkin taron thomas who's in good form for north again I, I can't see those guys going if they go head to head with him being overly accountable no. um because they're not really accountable players so for me he, yeah he, it goes without saying pants off territory for me <laughs> um vc territory so check him out most certainly uh, the next player is Zorko against the Suns on Saturday at 3.10pm at the Gabba. His average in his last four against them is a nice, juicy 129.25 with scores of 140, 159, a 76 and 142. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, with Neil, that probably is something to factor in. If he is a late out, if he is a late out or isn't named to, to, to face the Suns, Zorko may step in uh, with more CBAs, um, more midfield time, uh, so that may boost his potential score. So factor that in when thinking about putting the VC or the C on him. Yes, definitely. I think that run of form is is great. Um, as we've said, run of form doesn't really mean a heap, uh, as we've seen in recent weeks. But if you're chucking the VC on him, um, it, there's not that much concern for me. Um, moving on to the, uh, his teammate, uh, Jared Lyons, uh, also playing on that Saturday, obviously. His average in the last four is 126.25 against his old mob, the Suns, who basically gave him up for nothing. Um, with scores of 138, 113, 114, and 142. He's another one. He hasn't had the best run of form in the past few weeks, um, so I'd be a bit, little bit more wary of putting the VC on him. Better, but that are better options uh, for the VC this round. Moving on to uh, an opposition player in that uh, that game, Tuk. and it is Tuk Tuk Miller 
and his average in his last four is only a paltry 84 with scores of 80, 94, 78, and 84. But again, he is another one of those players where his current run of form is that hot. You've got to factor him in. And that's because his three-round average is 138.7 <laughs> and his five-round average is 129.2. So it suggests he's an absolute goer. So uh, one, two factor in. Yes, definitely. Um, next up, we've got Steele against West Coast um, on Saturday night. Arvo, 435 at Optus Stadium at this stage. His average in his last four is 105.5. That's made up of scores of 150, 122, 78, and 72. Now, that 150 came from earlier in the year. So if nothing else, that shows that the heights that he can score as probably the VC in that Saturday Arvo game, but potentially see if... uh, if I don't know, you go for Walsh and and, and you need someone who's going to have a have a pretty high floor at the very least. Next up, we have Tom Mitchell who faces Adelaide on Saturday at seven forty p.m. at Marvel. It has just been announced. Of course, things can change as we know, but that's uh, that is the latest time and location at the moment. So his average in his last four is one hundred and sixteen with scores of 90, 120, 136 and one eighteen. And he's hit a real hot run of form too with a three-round average of 137.3 and a five-round average of 128.8. So, yeah, uh, like M said earlier, uh, he's hit a real hot run of form uh, <laughs> finally and he's made back his, uh, his price that she traded him in at. So uh, I think he's got 170-odd on the weekend and against the Crows, he might just replicate that, especially at Marvel. And now moving on to the... To the little pink sweaty pig. <laughs> when he sweats it up, he looks like a big fat pink pig. <laughs> Clary Oliver uh, against the Bulldogs on Saturday night at 7.25 at the MCG. He's averaging his last four against the Dogs. is 109.75, which made up a scores of 139, 175, and 125. Now, he's, he's scoring in the recent weeks. Oh, he scored over 130 this week. Um, but... Uh, <sighs> Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't been in the best form. Mm. His historical average against them in the last four isn't great, but that 139 did come from earlier in the year. Uh, you'd expect yeah. that they'd want to bounce back against against some quality opposition after the after a few uh, off weeks, I want to say, uh, for, the, yeah. for, the, for the Demons. Yeah, they'll, they'll need him and Petrarca up and firing mm. if they want to get over the Doggies, um, which I think they're quite capable of at the moment. Um, those two guys are the dynamic duo in the engine room for the Ds, so... He is one to consider. Moving on uh, in that same game, uh, but in the opposition, is Jack McRae averaging in his last four 127.25 with scores of 145, 141, 120, and 105. So he's been super reliable. He's Mr. Reliable. Let's give him that tag. He is Mr. Reliable. I think he's only scored below 30 disposals once this year. And he, he almost seems like he has a late flurry in games to really push himself over that mark and um, yeah like we saw in the uh, previous game absolutely killed it against the D so he is one to consider yes and moving on to his teammate the Bont uh, obviously playing that same game averaging his last four 120.25 which made up a scores of 125 135 93 and 128 um, Libba is reportedly not going to play this weekend who normally is the one to be tagged against the D's which is uh, I think we saw harms to a number on Libba earlier in the year. Is this the week uh, that that Bont finally, finally cops the tag like Damon and I have been calling for, for, I don't know, how long? How long? (laughs) All year. It's been 94 years. 
<laughs> Back in my day. <laughs> he used to put an onion on my belt. <laughs> that was a style at the time. It almost feels like that, like what Abe Simpson. Yeah. Old man uh, waves fist at Cloud. <laughs> yeah, that is virtually us, like waving our fist at the coach's box, like, do it! <laughs> do it! <laughs> But um, it probably comes down to whether or not Harms make, makes his way back into Melbourne's lineup as well, because I think he has been used mm. as a bit of a stoppage. Well, actually, what was that, that phrase he used at the start of the year? A cooler. That, um, the cooler. Mm. It's the dumbest thing ever. Maybe he is going to be used as the cooler. <laughs> Maybe he's going to cool down the hot run of, mm. of Bond, because he's really the only one I can think of that they, they try and used to quell because he has done it in the past in terms of uh, you know, jumping on the op- best opposition player um, yeah I know Hibbard Hibbard went to Martin um, uh, back in I think Anzac Day Eve uh, okay. and, and was to, did that to good effect but I think Bont is a, is a different player I'd rather someone like Harms as opposed to Hibbard yeah yeah so fingers crossed come on come on goody don't stuff it. you've stuffed us around with, with Gorn don't stuff us around with Bont Listen to us. It, it, it worked out for, for Buddy Nixie when they, you know, had a bit of a bit of a go on um, whoever that bloke was. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, that's right. That, uh, that wilting flower. Hey. That's him. Hey. <laughs> I'll move on very quickly. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to Dangerfield against Richmond on Sunday. Uh, time to be confirmed at this stage at the G. His average in his last four is 112.25 with scores of 66, 149, 102 and 132. Um, speaks for itself Dangerfield he's getting ample time in the midfield now and uh, he's, he's really hit a nice run of form yeah. so uh, he's one to factor in yeah I think that game should be the mid-afternoon game at this stage yeah um, okay so yeah but it's I mean it's it's still dependent there's nothing to confirm that that's just um, me basing it off that being the best sort of game for that day um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you, if you don't know that Liam actually does the fixturing, yeah. So yeah, I I am uh, I am Travis Old, <laughs> <laughs> who also uses one of our patented crystal balls. Yeah, so. yeah, he does. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I just think, yeah, I guess that's the most logical game for that for that spot. Um, Sunday also playing that day is GWS and Essendon. Um, that'll most likely be up in either the Met- at Metricon or the Gabba. Um, of also time to be. Um, TBA uh, but first up we've got Parrish in that game oh, I love him Parrish mm. average in the last four is 99.75 with scores of 115 72 91 and 53 but this poor average poor average 99.75 bloody hell bit harsh there uh, but <laughs> that that average isn't indicative I guess of his current form or his role his last score of 115 against the Giants was in that current role um, but sort of early on when he just started back into that midfield and, and really being that clearance beast uh, with DeBoer looking like he'll take no part thank god he's uh, not a bad option to consider for the C so what you're saying Liam is because DeBoer's not going to be um Applying the smallest bit of pressure, he's not going to wilt as the uh, colourful flower that he is. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's move on to his teammate, uh, Zachary Merritt. And he averages in his last four. <laughs> that was a big run up, man. Yeah. He averages in his last four 101.25 with scores of 131, 119, 67, and 88. So again, no DeBoer equals no tag equals good option? Question mark? Potentially. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I don't know. His, his averages against GWS haven't been great. I'd say the 67 and 88 would have been affected by DeBoer, but 131 yep. was from earlier in the year when DeBoer wasn't playing, and 119 was last year when I don't think DeBoer was playing either. So, I mean, with finals on the line, you just don't know. Merritt and Parrish, yep. I think, are both good options. I'd probably lean towards Parrish, though. Of course. Because it's in my side, not yours. Uh, he'd never, he's never going to find his way into my team. He, he wishes. I already, already learned my lesson from getting that other squib Langford in my team, so oh. that's okay. <laughs> oh. No, you actually, sorry, I apologize. Parrish, you may find your way into my lineup in 2022, but just no, play cards no, up, mate. No, you're not allowed. <laughs> I'm banning you. Oh? I'm going to talk to Supercoach and tell them to... Like put a block on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fine. I'll be uh, I'll be fine sitting back and enjoying myself with my pants off because I got Walsh in my team. It's alright. I got Walsh and Parish. I have an army. We have a Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. Anyway, moving on, we've got uh, Kelly, if he plays, uh, playing on that Sunday against the Dons. His average in the last four is 107, with scores of 111, 104, 104, and 109. Not great scores, but uh, if, you, if you're really looking for a last minute, like the absolute last yeah. minute uh, captain option, then uh, you could probably chuck it on Kelly and expect a, a, a relatively decent score, but maybe not the absolute echelon over. Super coach scoring. No, that's for sure. He's, he's very consistent. Give him that. Yep. But uh, coming in with that cloud hanging over his head because of that ankle injury, I'd probably look elsewhere. Yeah, definitely. But um, who are we going with? So I'll kick it off. Yes. So there's obviously a heap of options to choose from this week, which actually makes it harder to nail um, the best options. So we're both going to rank them in terms of the top four VCs and top four captaincy options. So in terms of VC, I would rank them in terms of Grundy. Obviously, first up, even though he did burn me on the weekend, I'm willing to forgive him uh, as a good average and uh, should bounce back, you'd think. Second up, although... All right, I'm going to sit at the fence in this one. I'm going to say equal tie for first place, Grundy and Walsh. Now, Walsh, I've never, never VC'd him and I want to do it before the year's out. Is this the week... And I'm very, very tempted because he is in the best form. Coming up against North Melbourne, as we said, leak points en masse to opposition midfielders and elite midfielders as well. Mm-hmm. So he is an equal tie with Grundy. Then we've got Tom Mitchell, who is in stellar form at the moment, scored 170 on the weekend. No one really pays him any attention. He's fully fit. He's in great run of form. He's my third option. And then I've got Jack Steele, who's ever reliable, as we always say. He's got that really high floor. And high ceiling as well because of his uh, his tackling and that style of game in really good form as well. So they round out the top four VC options. And then for the C, I'd rank them as one being McRae. Can't go past him, as we said, ultra reliable, really high ceiling. Then I've got him uh, ahead of Bont, actually, who's in second place. And that's because I have a feeling that they'll be tagging him ahead of McRae. And then in third spot, I've got Merritt. And then fourth, I've got Paddy Dangerfield, who is in really good form as well at the moment. Nice. What about yourself, Liam? Yeah, I, there's some really great options this round uh, for captaincy. Some really mm. good historical averages and some obviously some really in-form players. For the VC, I'd rank them as, you know what, I'm going to go one Walsh. Ooh. Uh, he's just in such a hot run of form. Coming up against North Melbourne, I mean, you're right, maybe Cunnington goes to him. But I don't know. I'm feeling, feeling like Walsh could have been for a big one. He plays that second game. It's just ideal. Um, two, I've got Zorko. 
um, his historical average against the Suns is just too good um, for me to pass up. I don't have him, so I'm going to have to pass him up. But if I had him, I wouldn't be. Uh, three, I've got Steele. Like you, I just think he's super consistent. He's got that He's got that flaw from tackles. Um, I just don't think you can go wrong with someone like Steele. Um, I'd even potentially consider him for a um, for the captaincy. And in last, in fourth, not last place, just in fourth, I've got Grundy. Um, he burnt you last week, and by extension, I'm taking offense at that. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, he's, I don't know, it's just, it seems more risky, but with, especially with a double team of assuming that teams go in is as, as expected. But it's not a bad option playing on Friday night. It's not much risk. And for the C, I'd rank them as number one, Bont, because it's Bont. Number two, McRae, because it's McRae. Um, I think those two are probably equal, um, almost. Bont obviously does have the concern of potentially having a tag. McRae is just super consistent, as always. Number three, I've got Parrish, my boy. And number four, Dangerfield. Yeah, so for my team, I'd probably lean toward Walshie into McRae or Parrish. Um, but I really think that Walsh is going to have a big one. Very, very nice. And I do too. And hopefully he does. Moving forward to our Supercoach Edge group rankings. And the round 18 highest scorer is Hawthorne, surprisingly <laughs> enough. Gee whiz, I don't know how they got into our group rankings. But um, no, it's, uh, <laughs> it is a team coached by Vazzy Pop. Uh, and the round 18 score was 2,575. So he is ranked 77th for the round and a... Uh, oh, nice. Ranking of 109th overall. Yes, and that moves us on to our carryover overall leader. Guess who, it, who is? it is? wonder who it oh. is. Suspense. I wonder. Uh, oh. It's Arthur of Black on White for the 11th round in a row. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's taking the piss. Come on, uh, Overall leader, total score of 40,981. His second place is closing in on him again this week with, from Thomas with his team Dyslexia Untied. <laughs> I love the pun. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, he was in... Okay, just just for note, he was in 61st last week, but has consolidated his season and risen to 30th overall. He's still over 300 points behind Arthur, um, so it will take something special to catch him, but, I mean, there's, what, five rounds left? It's only about 60 points around. It's, it's, it's possible. It's possible. Arthur's overall ranking, he did drop down slightly from 11th to 12th this round, uh, so he's going pretty well. I, 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 I'm still... I want, I want, I want a bit of competition here, but I do think Arthur is going to end up in the box seat um, at the end of the season. Now, if you still want to join our Supercoach Edge Group code, Supercoach Edge Group, the code is seven nine eight two nine six. And Damon, what, 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 what do they win? Yeah, well, whoever ends up uh, on top in the group at season's end. And uh, I'll be very surprised if it's not Arthur um, because he's earned his keep, that's for sure. Yeah. He's done very pretty, well so far. pretty rough if someone is, is there for like 12, 13 rounds and someone just swoops in and yeah. takes it. Or like a seagull with chips. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a Lloyd, like a Jakey Lloyd, potentially. <laughs> I was going to say swoop in like, a, like an M, uh, Super Coach Mama. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, whoever ends up on top will get their hands on a very shiny Supercoach Championship ring from the guys at Supercoach Champion Rings, the ultimate bragging rights, and we'll have a chat with you, whoever that is, maybe it's you, Arthur, in the final podcast of the season. So all the very best and good luck to participants. 
Yes, and that brings us to the very end of this episode. But first, just a reminder, Damon, of where our fans need to be following us in order to keep up with our content. They can catch us on Twitter at supercoach underscore edge or alternatively myself at damoj88 or you'll find self Liam at Liam Evans underscore 95 or alternatively on Facebook, which just search Supercoach Edge and the same with Insta Supercoach Edge. Or if you're very old school and you want to send an email, um, chain mail. Remember that back in the day, yeah. chain mails? You're probably a bit too, I don't know. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah. That was an old thing. I think old boomers still do that nowadays. But if you want to send us some chain mail or <laughs> some advice or questions or just your teams, you can email us at super, oh, sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, there's sorry. no app. So are you okay with that? Try and try that uh, again? You can email us. <laughs> well, it still applies. Email us at instead of the at. Okay, yep. All right, I'll like see sign. That. Yep, you get me? I see you get me? At AFL Supercoach Edge <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> oh, oh, gee whiz. Uh, see, the shoe was on the other foot there. Yeah, that wasn't was it? great. Now I know how it feels. I now see I now see why you enjoyed me stuffing up so much. The pressure was on then. Yeah. The pressure was on. I, re- I, I, I did throw you a little bit there. <laughs> I do apologize. <laughs> that was that was good though. I like it. Yes, and that does bring us to the end of the show. Mm. So thank you so much for tuning in. All the very best. There's not much really we can say. Yeah, um, all sure the very is. best. Yeah, good for luck. The That's it. Hopefully you can navigate the uh, the minefield that is uh, that is COVID nineteen that is wreaking havoc on Supercoach and AFL. Uh, in general so well, all the very best hopefully you come away with a win and for those of you in leagues that are gunning for final spots hopefully you can secure yeah. if you haven't yet a final spot in your league yes good luck guys I think we're going to need it <laughs> catch you next week <laughs> see ya see ya